Hey guys, Cass here. Uh, sorry, it's been a little while. I guess just enjoying the wonderful summer weather that's finally arrived for my small little part of Canada. Um, that's right. Yes, we pretty much had snow till May and it was awful. Just awful. There's literally no other w- words. Um, but um, anyways, not talking about anything awful today. I'm going to talk about actually um, possibly... One of my most influential um, horror directors, uh, Wes Craven. Uh, I, I, there's just no intro for the man other than just, you know, stating the obvious. We're going to dive right into it. Looking at um, somebody who's, you know what, I, I didn't quite realize how many films I've seen of his over the years. Um, and essentially, you know, how how much I loved every single one of his movies. Like Very little that he did that I, I didn't enjoy. Um, I mean essentially starting with Freddy and, and moving from there. So uh, he was born August 2nd, um, 1939, and sadly passed August 30th, 2015. So his death anniversary uh, will be uh, upon us, and I guess his birthday as well, shortly. Um, and uh, he's an American film director, writer, producer, and actor. Um, you know, literally dove into it all, um, and he was basically known for being a pioneer in the horror film industry. Um, and essentially his impact on the genre... Um, is basically considered prolific. And I, I have to agree with that. I mean, this man, you know, he, he literally did it all. And I mean, we, we go back to his stuff to try to, to create things today. So, um, you know, honestly, you'd be kind of surprised at how much he did um, and how much was a success in a culture impact, in such cultural impact for uh, the genre. So, I mean, of course, Nightmare on Elm Street, he's the birth of Freddy Krueger, being the director and writer. Um, you know, he did essentially the third one and then uh, the last one, A New Nightmare. Um, uh, but of course, always using his ideas uh, for everything in between. Um, and of course, directed the Scream movies. You know, it was probably my very first slasher film ever when that came out. I was probably like seven or eight. And for some silly reason, my parents let me watch it. Um, but I'm so glad they did because um, definitely made me, you know, like the films I do uh, and why today. Um, and, uh, you know, he's also uh, known for The Last House on the Left, The Serpent um, and The Rainbow, The People Under the Stairs, and of course, The Vampire in Brooklyn. So um, in early life, he was born in Cleveland, Ohio. His parents were Paul and Eugene Craven, um, and raised in a very strict Baptist family, um, like literally not allowed to go out for movies. You know, movies were the, the work of the devil, all that kind of awful, awful stuff. And um, from there, he, he didn't really know what movies were, I guess, apparently. It wasn't until he snuck out to see a, a, a short of um, at a theater when he was in university um, for A Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, that that's really when he fell in love with film. And then he s- got invited to this, uh, like, sort of uh, film... Um, uh, uh, film screening uh, for a few others and uh, from there he knew that's where he wanted to do so he ended up quitting his job at the college that he worked at um, being um, one of the instructors and essentially went on to uh, to try to pick up a degree um, in uh, in philosophy and uh, at the same time was decided you know what I'm going to uh, try to, to work in film. So, um, he basically, uh, got a hold of the camera, you know, decided he needed to find, you know, essentially someone to work with. So, um, he was able to get in with a, with a, a, a longtime friend and, uh, uh, 
Tom Chaplin, um, and essentially he was uh, informed him of a position at a New York post-production company, and uh, essentially from there, Craven would move to Manhattan, um, and uh, and essentially he would move on to be uh, the sound editor and uh, and Chaplin's timer. Just kind of kind of funny. So um, now uh, he he left. As I was saying, he left the academic world, and um, he he was graduated in writing. So he uh, essentially knew. Um, he knew how to create a story and as he put it because he wasn't allowed to watch films growing up uh you know all he had was were books so he he knew the good a good basis for what's a beginning middle and an end and uh I, i definitely have to agree with that because all of his films have a very good you know beginning middle and end and you can definitely pick those out might be in a different process you know be it end middle beginning you know however he wants to do it but very uh very very cool uh, cool stories nonetheless <clears throat> so um basically uh he, i did find at some point that it, someone was stating that he was a porn film director i do not have any where that this was you know actually true so if that's the case definitely reach out to me because I'm, i'm very curious um but if from what i found out his essentially his first feature film was uh the last i was on the left uh, his buddy tom had said my buddies want to make a horror film can you write something for them and this is what he came up with and essentially this is dark dark shit for 1972 and um This was still going on. I mean, murders happened in the 1970s. They happen today. But that's what he wanted to show was that, you know, the world is a dark place. And he even talks about the filming of this one. And I, I've got to do a whole, ep- a whole other episode for it because it's just kind of neat. All, all the stuff that came together for it. And, um, you know, it, this is a dark film. So he's lucky that he was able to pull off an R rating. Um, only got into select theaters, but it created a huge cult following. Um, and from there, essentially, you know, the name was set. So from there, um, you know, it didn't go though as wide as he had so expected. So um, tried di- doing different writing, uh, no bites. And eventually got a friend who said, you know, I've got to have their they say that filming in Nevada is uh, is very cheap, easy, and uh, if you can come up with a story, you know, for there that that'll definitely be a big big selling feature for producers. So, um this would result in our our favorite The Hills Have Eyes. Um and um he just Craven noted he just he, he knew at this point he wasn't going to do anything else unless it was scary. So, he he kept to that um I guess that theme. Um, now, Craven frequently collaborated with uh, with different um, producers and writers, um, but uh, essentially, um, you know, I guess at some point he used Cunningham uh, and had him direct one of the chase scenes in Nightmare. It's kind of funny working alongside these people who he collaborated with. He eventually asked them to come back and help him. So, um, of course, as we know, he helped uh, get Johnny Depp's career, you know, basically on the path. And uh, it was his daughters who picked him out of a lineup. You know, that's the boy, my dad. And he, he was like, really? And nicotine stains on his fingers. He's gross. Like, why would you want him? And uh, essentially, that's that's who they chose. Now, um, he would do two films outside of the horror genre. Music of the Heart and um, uh, Paris Je T'aime. Now, um I've never seen these, so I can't say anything about them. Who knows what they're like? They might be pretty good. You know, definitely let me know, guys, if you've seen them, because I'd, I'd love to find out if 
they are if they're worth checking out. Now, apparently, he did do a comic book series, um, Coming of Rage. Now, in that's kind of within the 30 Days of Night comic book, you know, with uh, writer Steve Niles. So, um, film style, he shares a lot in common um, with exploration of the nature of reality. I mean, look at Nightmare on Elm Street. It deals with the consequences of dreams in real life. And New Nightmare, I mean, you have the actress from that series playing herself, and she's starting to see Freddy in her real life. So it's kind of fucking with her. Now, um, at some point, you know, you see Wes Craven at the word process- processor during this movie. And uh, the script is written, and uh, it leaves, you know, with the conversation that he had with Heather Heather literally just seconds before uh, which is, I, I don't know, I always thought that was a neat scene. And uh, in The Serpent and the Rainbow, um, you know this basically is a man who cannot distinguish bet- uh, between uh, his nightmares, uh, visions and reality. Now when you get to Scream that's kind of a whole other ballpark but really neat one. Um, his characters, you know, frequently reference the horror films similar to uh, the situation they are at one point. I mean, Billy Loomis, um, he tells his girlfriend that life is just a big movie. Con- Concept is emphasized in the sequels as the copycat slackers reenact the events of the new film um, about the Woodsboro killings and the fictional town where the scream is set. Now, scream included um, kind of a neat reference, I guess, to the Richard Gere. Well, neat. It's all however you want to look at it, but the Richard Gere hamster thing that kind of went around there, and uh, I guess they got calls that if Wes got calls that if he left that in there. Uh, he'd never work again. Um, and uh, I've, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I've got to check to see if that actually is still in there. If it is, got to let me know. Um, so uh, moving on here. Sorry for the blow-by uh, report. Just uh, sadly, I don't... This one, i got to do more research for Wes. His stuff is pretty pretty vacant, you know, online. It's not a whole lot of information. And even book-wise, like the few I had, very little info. So, um, I mean, I guess the guy kept most of his life secret. So, uh, now, he did win a couple awards. I guess he, in 1977, he picked up the Critics Award at the Stilges Film Festival. And um, in 2012, in New York City Horror Film Fest, he was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award. Now, in some random cool things, in 2008, he designed the new horror logo for Google, and um, he was uh, the second celebrity personality to take over YouTube uh, for Halloween, and um, he would later publish uh, in uh, a 1968 edition of Life, and uh, pre- I guess he had a letter published in 1968 edition of Life praising the periodical coverage of the contemporary rock music, particularly that of Frank Zappa. And um, he's an interesting man, Frank Zappa. I don't know if anyone's ever looked into him. Marriage-wise, the man has uh, been through it all. So first marriage, had two kids, um, and that would end uh, shortly after. In 1982, he would marry another woman, which, of course, would result in a divorce. And finally, he would marry his final bride, uh, who would pass away shortly before him. Uh, and uh, and from there, you know, it, uh, it sadly was uh, was all, all all she wrote um, in uh, in regards to that. Or perhaps she's still alive. Not entirely sure. <laughs> now, um, of course, he died in uh, 2015 for due to a brain tumor or brain cancer, um, and that news totally broke my heart. And uh, and it was that uh, episode and the Scream TV series they dedicated to him, and in his memory. 
So he does have two books, Fountain of Society from 1999 and, of course, the comic book series in 2013. So, again, my apologies for the blow-by-blow quick summary of Wes Craven. Like I said, this one needed a little more research, and it's just hard to find the resources. It's like a horror movie library or, I don't know, the ability to interview these people post-death. That would be pretty cool. Um, But, uh, anyways, this man, you know... I hate to do him a disservice with this sort of review, but he is just one of horror's greatest. Um, I mean, he look at the films he created. He's just so influential. Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hills Have Eyes, um, you know, Last House on the Left. These are all huge films in such detail matter. I just, to crawl into his brain and think, you know, a religious guy could make such horrific stuff is is pretty crazy but uh i just just love him for it and uh and i hope he's listening and definitely can you know feel the love in my heart for him because it just this man is is just truly brilliant um so uh of course guys thank you all for listening and putting up with my nonsense and my rattling on it's you know just so appreciated and makes me smile every time i see someone has uh has listened so thank you thank you thank you always reach out to me um on instagram on twitter I'd love to hear from you. And uh, for all of you horror fans, uh, Freddie included, you've got to take a look at A Stranger Dream. She's on Etsy, on um, uh, Instagram. A lot of links through my account. And you get 10% off when you use my code CreeperCast10. So definitely check it out. Again, that's CreeperCast10 at A Stranger Dream. And cool score some of the coolest bookmarks. Thanks again, guys, for listening. And, of course, keep calm, stay creepy.